Right, good morning everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. My name is Dave Everett and we're going to be continuing our teaching this morning on such a great salvation. This is part five. You know, we got a, several more to go on this series that we have just started. And so just so you know, all of our teachings are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And uh, if you, we also want to say thank you to those who have partnered with us with their tithes and their offerings. And in case you're wondering how to do so, simply go to our website at lighthousediscipleship.org. And if you go to our give page, you can give from anywhere around the world. If you uh, want to write us a check, you can simply make your checks pay with the Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And on the bottom of every page on our website is our mailing address. If you're here in the U.S., just so you know, your tax donations and contributions are 100% tax deductible, as we are a 503 church. So, with that, that said, I'm just going to jump right into the message this morning. We have a little bit of a late start. Don't worry, I'm going to make that up at the end. And so, uh, we're talking about such a great salvation over the last five, four weeks. Now we're in our fifth week on this. Let me just recap real briefly what we talked about so far. I'm not going to go into deep, deep uh, recap this week as I did last week with the previous lessons, but we talked in our first hour about five weeks ago. We talked about the gift of salvation. We talked about we want to define what salvation is and de describing it as a gift. And then we talked about my favorite uh, message so far has been the purpose of our salvation. So the purpose of salvation is not going to heaven and avoiding hell. Those are part of the benefits of salvation. And so the major benefits of salvation, that are worth preaching and worth talking about. And we have talked about, we will talk about. But the purpose of salvation is a relationship with God. Uh, even if there was no hell, and there is. Even if there was no heaven, and there is. Jesus would still have died for us through the cross so we could have a relationship with God. A relationship with God is the purpose of salvation. And then we spent a couple weeks talking about the necessities of salvation. We talked about different things that we need to, to know regarding salvation. And we're going to take some of these necessities into uh, what we're talking about now as the benefits of salvation. And really incorporating all previous lessons in, as we're talking about the benefits of salvation. And we described many things as, uh, as in our last lesson, in our last week, we talked about the benefits of salvation. We outlined some things about the benefits of salvation. I'm not going to go all the details. You can get that on our archives or our website or on our YouTube channel. But we did highlight some major benefits. And I'm not saying, when I say these are major benefits, I'm not talking about that these are the only benefits. But there are, there are three benef particular benefits that we highlighted, among many others that we've mentioned and highlighted as well, that I'm going to spend some time over the next few weeks. And I'm making these sub-teaching series within the umbrella of this teaching series, Such a Great Salvation. And those benefits include uh, the benefits of salvation as wholeness, and the benefits of salvation as healing, and the benefits of salvation as prosperity. And I'm going to be doing a, a, a mini-message within this message of uh, salvation on these three topics. As we talk about the benefits of salvation. So last week we started uh, towards the end of it, and I'm going to recap some of that this morning, talking about the, uh, the wholeness as uh, under the umbrella of the benefits of salvation. So uh, starting again this week, as we started last week, we're going to be talking about wholeness, and then we're going to talk about healing and prosperity. So that's where we come, and this is where we're going, and this is where we are now. 
Okay, so uh, as we talked about last week, how we are a broken people. We were broken before Jesus, before the cross, before we became born again. As perhaps some of you are watching, you're not born again yet. We were broken. We were broken. We, in fact, we were dead, spiritually speaking. Okay, we were broken by what sin? Sin broke us. Sin killed us. Okay, we were born into sin, even if we never committed the sin, and we all have, but we were born in sin. We were broken. But God, through Christ, reversed that brokenness through the cross. And that's what we're talking about, salvation. That's what we're talking about, redemption. And uh, God reversed that through Jesus Christ. Jesus came to fix us. Jesus came to reconcile us back to God. We were broken. And we need to be whole. And so Jesus came to make us whole. And when Jesus make it, made us whole, he one made the whole spirit, soul, and body. And we're talking about this, and some of you have heard this message on spirit, soul, and body from many teachers like Andrew Walmack, Rossa Purdue, and Dwayne Sheriff, and whatnot. And so we're going to really reiterate a lot of that in our message here. But Jesus came to make us whole. Not just in our body, not just in our soul, but in, uh, ultimately in our spirit. Our spirit, soul, and body. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And we're going to be talking about that at length over the next few weeks under this mini-series of talking about wholeness. One of our key verses that we use in this particular segment of our teaching is from 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I'm going to read it again from the King James. And we'll keep referring back to this verse in this mini-series here. And that very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be reserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus has made us whole. Okay? Jesus has made us complete. And all of us. I'm not just talking about all of us numerically. All of us. Because we're a triune body, spirit, soul, and body. We're a triune person. Let me rephrase that. Okay? Jesus came to reverse. <coughs> Excuse me. He just came to reverse what sin had done. Jesus came to reverse what Satan had done. Jesus made us whole, spirit, soul, and body. We talked about our soul. Uh, and let me define that again. Our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions, our intellect, our personality, our opinion, uh, our conscience, our reasoning, and our discernment. And this is not an exhaustive list, and I'm just trying to list many different things. I really usually define soul in simplicity is our is our mind, will, and emotions. It's our thoughts. It's what's going on in here. Okay? That's our soul. And you know, no way I describe it, you know, we know what our body is. I don't think we need much explanation about that, but we will be talking about that in more detail towards the end of this mini-series. Okay? But our soul, for example, Let's talk about my body real quick. I can make you feel good. I can give you a nice back massage, okay? I can rub your head in a nice way, you know? Some of you might not want me to do that, okay? And I don't want some of you to do that. But at the same point in time, you know, I can make you feel good. I can also hurt you. I can hit you. I can pinch you. I can poke you, you know? And so, and I will hurt, okay? I can throw a rock and hit you, you know? But the, you know, you know, I'm not going to do any of that stuff, but I... I can hurt you, or you can do it to me and hurt me, okay? We can touch our bodies, but our, our soul, I can say something that makes you feel good, makes you feel loved, makes you feel special, makes your day, 
Okay? That's your soul. I'm touching your soul. I'm not touching you physically. I'm touching your inner man. Also, I can, I, say, I can say something mean to you. I can say something that hurts your feelings. I can say something that makes you mad. Okay? And so I, 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 can, I, can, I can do negative and positive to your soul and then to your body. I can, and, and so all that we're talking about is our, our, our flesh. Okay? But our spirit, we can't touch. The only way you even know you have a spirit and what your spirit looks like is through the mirror of God's word. God's word is a mirror. And the only way you can see your spirit is through the word of God. And you can't touch it. I can't touch your spirit. You can't touch my spirit. I can't even touch my own spirit. Okay? It's spiritual. It's not natural. But my soul and my body are natural. And Jesus came to save us, spirit, soul, and body. Jesus has made us whole. Jesus has made us complete. All three parts of us, spirit, soul, and body. Jesus came to make our spirit whole. Jesus came to make our soul whole. Jesus came to make our emotions whole. Jesus came to make our mind whole. Jesus came to make our thoughts whole. Jesus came to make our reasoning whole. And Jesus came to make our body whole. Okay? Jesus came to say all of me. And Jesus came to say all of you. Our divine design by God is spirit, soul, and body. And Jesus came to make us whole, spirit, soul, and body. Jesus came to say all of you and all of me. In Genesis chapter 1, we talked about this last week, and then God said to let us, plural, make man in our image, our plural, according to our like, plural likeness. Okay? So God made, created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created man, created male and man, male and female. Okay, some people, some people still have that wrong. It's not they, it's male and female. Okay? He created them, them, male and female. Okay? You can't be both at the same time. Okay, that that defies the law of genetics. Okay, it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. We don't have three gods. We serve one God, and that one God we serve is a triune God. Our triune God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm not three people. Okay, and uh, we are one person. I'm one person. Okay, I don't have three personalities. Some of you might think so, but I don't. We are a triune body. And our divine design is spirit, soul, and body. One God, the three distinct persons of him, of that one God. One person, one man, man, but three distinct parts of our being or my being, okay? When you get saved, it's your spirit, man, that gets changed. It's your spirit, man, that gets born again. But now you must renew your mind, your soul. And God wants us to do something with these bodies. Because these bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are created in the image of God. <coughs> Excuse me. We are created in the likeness of God. And, and who is God? What is the image of God? What is the likeness of God? We can go a lot more detail with that. But for simplicity, for our point right now, he's a triune God. And so God were created in his image and his likeness, who is a triune God, and so we are also a triune being. Okay? So our divine design is that we're spirit, soul, and body. Now, even though we look at three different I've been describing it as a triune being of three different persons, 
There are some scriptures that describe two parts of us, not three. I've been talking about three parts of us, yet there are scriptures that talk about two parts of us, and they define that as the inward man and the outward man. And one of those key scriptures in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. This scripture mentions two parts of us, not three parts of us. An outward man and an inward man. But the inward man, <coughs> excuse me, is a combination of our spirit and our soul. It's also described as the heart. Okay? And the heart, so the heart, so then when you see the word heart in scripture, it's actually a combination of the two, or it's used interchangeably between the two. So, there's many scriptures that's talking about the spirit and the soul at the same time. Okay? But how does that work? Well, the only thing that can separate your spirit and your soul is the Word of God. That's why I said a minute ago, the only way you can even see your spirit is the Word of God. And the only thing that can distinguish your soul and your spirit is the Word of God. They are so close together, they are so knitted together, that to the natural man, to the natural person, that they don't recognize the difference between the spirit and the soul. Most people don't. And they're not weird, they're just normal. Okay? They're no, it's normal. It's natural to see it that way. Because the only way you can distinguish between the spirit and the soul is the word of God. And if you, don't, if you have a natural person who's not a spiritual person, they can't distinguish the two. Okay? But if we are spiritual, we do have the word of God. We do know the word of God. We are born again by the word of God, 1 Peter chapter uh, 1, verse 23. Then we, through the word of God, the spirit of truth, can distinguish the difference between our spirit and our soul. And that's the only way you can do that. There is no other way you can distinguish your spirit and your soul. Okay? And how do I know that? Because Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit. Only the word of God can divide the two. And only the, the word of God can distinguish the two. There is no other way to do that. Okay? And if you don't are not in the word of God, you don't value the word of God, you don't have a relationship with the word of God, you will never in your own mind, in your own perception, distinguish the two. Because it's the only channel that you can do that. Okay? So in one sense, we can't look at weird of those who don't distinguish it because they're not in the Word of God. Yet at the same point in time, you know, they are missing something. And they're not seeing something that we can see. And there's only one. It's, it, you know, you ever seen the movie um, National Treasure? There were some things on the map you couldn't see with the right glasses, with the right lens. And without the right lens of the Word of God, you can't distinguish the two. Okay? To the natural eye, you couldn't see the invisible map on the back of the uh, Declaration of Independence. But if you had the special glasses and you knew how to use them in the right way, you could find the clues. Okay? Now, I know that was all a hypothetical and just a movie, but I'm using that as an example of the only way you can distinguish the two between your soul and your spirit is the Word of God. And if you don't have that lens on, you don't even know how to use that lens, then you're never going to know the difference. You're not weird, you just don't have the right lens. Okay? And so, we talk about spirit, soul, body, and we talk about spirit being how our spirit is saved now by the Holy, by the, by faith. If you are born again, your spirit is now saved. And how is it saved? Because it's saved by faith. Now, we look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, which says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. 
Excuse me, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. This is past tense because if you have been saved, you are, your spirit man is saved. He's talking about your spirit man being saved in this verse. But when you believe in His grace, you are saved by. Excuse me. When you, I said this wrong. I, I said because. Anyway, scratch that. When you believe in His grace, you are saved by faith. Okay. When you accept Jesus, your spirit man is saved. When you accept Jesus, your spirit man is made whole. And then we talked about our soul. Our soul is being saved by the word. And we looked at James 1.21 that says, Therefore let aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. God, we talked about how God's word is changing our mind. God's word is saving our mind. God's word is making my mind whole. I'm losing my thoughts, and I'm receiving his thoughts. I'm rejecting my opinion, and I'm accepting his opinion of me and of you and of other things. My soul is in the process of being saved. My soul is being in the process of being made whole. How? How is it? What's the process? How is it done? It's being washed by the water of the word. Ephesians 5, 26 says that he may, might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That's a process, okay? Just like it's a process to farm a, a garden or to, or, or to farm a crop. It's a process. There's got to be some washing done by the word of seed. As you seek God in the scriptures, the engrafted word is able to save your soul, to change your mind, to renew your mind, so that you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As you meditate, on his word. The grafted word is able to make you whole. My soul is in the process of being saved. And some people's souls are not in the process because they're not in the word of God. Okay? You might be saved. Your spirit might be saved because you were born again. But you, your soul is not in the process of being saved because you're not in the word of God. Or That's why some people are growing or their walk with God is deeper than others. Because they are in the process. Some people are not in the process. You got saved, and praise God for that. Your spirit is saved, but there's not, there's not a lot of progress that's been going on. Maybe you go to church once a week, or maybe you go to church once a year, or what, whatever the case may be, and you might be progressing slowly. You might have at least started. You might have at least been born again. Praise God for that. I'm not watering it down. But some people, the grass is greener. And why is the grass greener? Because they've been watering it by the word. They've been on, in the sunshine with the Son of God. They've been having a relationship. They're, they're in that process. Okay? They're not better than somebody else. You know, a, 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 a spirit-filled, uh, growing, mature Christian is not better than someone else. They're just more mature. Okay? You know, when you talk about maturity, some people get offended. And they're only offended because they're not mature. Okay? And, and that's not a put-down. That's just a, 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 a matter of fact. You know, you go to a tree, and some fruit is mature, and some is not. It's not a put down. We're not. It's not. It's not a race. It's not. We're not mocking. We're not being racist to one fruit and not, and not to another. You know, we're not. It's just a matter of fact. The, but the point is, we can all mature. The point is, we can all be in that process. We can all get saved. My soul is in the process of being made whole, and so is yours. None of us have arrived, but some of us have left. And some of us need to leave. 
and hope you're getting what I'm saying. You know, don't leave. You know, don't take it the wrong connotation. But we haven't arrived, but we have left. I'm on my way. I'm in the process. I'm in the game. I'm in the race. It's called the fight of faith. It's called the race of uh, race of life. And some of us need to get back in the race. We might have stumbled. We might have fallen. We might have unplugged for a while. But plug back in. And you will see yourself grow. My mind is being renewed. My emotions are being renewed. My thoughts are being renewed. My opinion is being renewed. My discernment is being renewed. My soul is being renewed. So that I have to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. We talked about our briefly our body. How our body is saved by hope in the resurrection. And we look, and this is talking about future tense, okay? And so, because we, we don't have a new body yet. We will have a resurrection. <coughs> Excuse me. When Jesus comes again, we, and, he, and he, he establishes physical kingdom in the earth, we will have a new resurrected body. You know, some of you, you're going to lose 40 pounds like that when Jesus comes again. You're going to have a resurrected body. Some of you are going to gain 40 pounds, okay? Just like that. You need to get some, some meat on those bones, okay? But at the same point in time, and we are in the, we, our body is, is, is saved by hope in the resurrection, future tense. You know, hope, by definition in the Greek, is, is a confident expectation of good. It's assurance of something, and faith is assurance of something. Faith is now. But hope is assurance of something futuristic. Hope is something coming. Okay? So faith is now, but hope is something coming. It's positive. It's not worry. It's not fear. It's hope. It's confident. It's an expectation of good. But it's something coming versus something that's now. Okay? And Hebrew says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay? Hope is something you haven't seen. You might have seen it spiritually. You might hope for it, uh, but you haven't seen it. But faith is something you, you have seen. You see it through the eyes of faith. And faith, because faith is now. Faith is not futuristic. Faith is now. Faith is present. Hope is future. Okay? So we talked about how the body is saved by hope in the resurrection future tense. And we look at Romans 8, 23 to 24. In the context, I went all the way back to verse 20. It says, but the creation was subjected to fatality. <coughs> Excuse me. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. Not only that, but we also have the first fruits. We talked about that. We'll talk about that some more today. Of the Spirit, even when we ourselves grow within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption of the redemption of our body, where we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope, but why does one still hope for what he sees? I'm not going to go all this teaching again this week, because this is still recap from last week. But our bodies are purchased. Our, bo our bodies have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus to the cross. Okay, Our spirits have been redeemed. And our spirits, okay, let me go back. I said that wrong. Our bodies are purchased, but our bodies have not been redeemed. Excuse me. Okay. I said that wrong. Back up. I caught my, caught my hair. Okay. They haven't been redeemed. We don't, we, we, it's been purchased, but it hasn't been redeemed yet. Okay. It's like, uh, you know, if you get a, a rebate or a, 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 a credit check 
for maybe a refund or whatever. It's been purchased, or maybe you got purchased, but it hasn't been redeemed yet. You haven't cashed it in. You haven't used that gift card yet. You haven't redeemed that gift card or whatever it might be. I hope that takes a picture, and I don't know that fits for everybody around the world. But our bodies have, our body, excuse me, our spirits have been redeemed. They are born again. Our spirits have been sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. Our spirits have been born again. Our spirits are safe. Our spirits are, are whole. Okay? Our minds are being renewed by the Word of God. Our minds are being made whole by the Word of God. Our bo- uh, but our body is saved by the resurrection. Okay? Our body is made whole by the hope of the resurrection. So our spirit is saved. Our mind, our soul, is in the process of being saved. And our body is made whole in the hope of the resurrection. Okay, so we looked at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 on this. Uh, well, excuse me. Go back. I'm getting ahead of myself. Our spirit is saved by faith. That's what I just said. Our soul is being saved by the word of God. And our body is saved by the hope in the resurrection. See, the, my inward man is being renewed day by day because my spirit is saved. Okay? My inward man is being renewed day by day because my spirit is born again. It's my, my spirit is sealed. Okay? It's born again. It's made whole. Romans 8, 23, 24 says, going back to the scripture, is that not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the spirit even when we ourselves grown. What's the first fruits? The first fruits is that our spirit is saved. Our spirit is born again. That's the first fruits. But if something is first, that means something is second. And something's going to follow. You can't be the first of something if you don't have something following. Okay? If you don't have something following, you are the only fruit. <laughs> okay? Uh, it's not the first fruit. But the, the, our spirit being born again is the first fruits. What's the other fruit? My soul and my body. Okay? The first fruits of the, the, the spirit, even when ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption of our redemption of our body. <coughs> We are saved, okay? We have the first fruits, but we are eagerly waiting for the redemption of our body, okay? My inward man is being renewed day by day because my spirit is the first fruits of my salvation. You are, if you're born again, you are saved, and the first fruits is your spirit is saved, okay? Your mind is still in the process of being renewed by the washing water by the word. As we've read from James, by the planet word, which is also save your soul. Okay? But your body is saved by the hope of the resurrection. It's purchased, but it hasn't been redeemed yet. And when Jesus comes again, you will get a new body. And so you will say, praise God. <laughs> okay? And so, anyway, but... So, in other words, because of the fall, because of sin, our bodies are just deteriorating. That's not how God designed it. That's part of the curse of the fall. That's why Jesus has purchased a new one. It's on order. It's on back order right now. It's on order, but we will get it when Jesus comes again. Okay? And so, we will, we, we will not have these earth suits anymore. We will have, we will have modified, spirit-proof, bulletproof, sin-proof, 
and corruptible bodies, eternal bodies, and those are coming. We'll get into that in a little more detail later in our study on this wholeness, okay, as we talk about spirit, soul, and body. But let's go this week, and then now we're going to new territory. Let's look at Genesis 2-7, and I'm going to open some new, 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 new train of thought that most of you probably have not thought about before, okay, and reading Genesis 2-7 and whatnot, okay? <coughs> so, before we go to Genesis 2-7, let me, let me open it up. Actually, this was supposed to be a PowerPoint. These were supposed to come up by themselves, so bear with me. Um, Adam, mankind, was a prototype of what man should be like, okay? And what God willed for man to be like, he did it before the fall, before there was sin, before Adam fell. Adam, man, he was a prototype of what man should be like, what God willed for man to be like. God did not will for man to will for all the sin in the world. God did not will for that. That was not his will. That was not his plan. God never willed for us to die. Man was supposed to live forever. Okay? But sin, because of Adam, brought death. God did not create death. Death is not a normal part of life. No. Death is absent of life. Okay? Darkness is absent of light. Death is absent of life. God did not create death. He created life. He is the life. Okay? God never intended for our spirit, our soul, to leave our body. Because if your soul and spirit leave your body, you're dead. Our spirit and our soul was supposed to stay with our bodies. But because of sin, our bodies are destined to die. Now, Adam didn't die on the spot. He lived 930 years. But your spirit man died, and that's why Jesus said we have to be born again because our spirit and soul need to leave this sin-cursed body, and it needs a new body. Okay? And I know that's a little deep for some of us to comprehend, but God never intended for our spirit and soul to leave our body. But because of what sin did to our soul and, soul and our body, we need to be made whole, saved, so our spirit can be in a redeemed soul and body. Okay? I know that's a little deep that some of us understand, but this is our precursor to where we're going to go to in, in Genesis 2-7 in just a moment. See, in other words, I am saved in my spirit man. I'm being saved as my mind is renewed by the word of God. And I have the hope of the redemption of this body at the appearing of Jesus in this kingdom. Okay? You will get a new body. Your body is bought, it's purchased, it's on hold. It's on order. Okay? Uh, but your body has not yet been redeemed. Okay? Your body will be redeemed at the period of Jesus in this kingdom. Okay? Again, this is supposed to be a PowerPoint. But your new body will be incorruptible. It will be immortal. It will be no, there will be no sickness in it. There will be no weakness in it. There will be no poverty in it. It will be perfect. You will never leave that body for eternity. So let's go to Genesis 2-7. I'm going to read from the King James. And the, Lord, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life. God didn't create death. He created life. And he breathed life into his nostrils. And he, man became a living soul or a living being. Okay? 
God, he pointed out the dust out of the ground, but he didn't come alive until God breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul, a living being. The, let's talk about the ground real quick. I don't know if you've ever heard a message about the ground, but we're going to talk about that this morning. All trees and vegetation come from the ground. You plant a seed, and from the ground comes the trees, the flowers, the fruits, and every plant, and every grass, and every weed. Okay? What else comes from the ground? All animals. All animals came from the ground, but there's, there's breath in them. When, you die, when an animal dies, it will go, be buried in the ground, or it will just begin to decay, and it will go turn back to dust. Just like our natural bodies are. Okay? Man! Man came from the ground. God formed man from the dust. He wasn't alive until he breathed into his nostrils. But man, his body, our bodies came from dust. Job said, from dust I came, from dust I returned. Okay? I'm paraphrasing that, but everything came from the ground. Everything! <clears throat> everything came from the ground. Everything has seed to reproduce. God told everything, trees, vegetation, animals, insects, man, to reproduce from the seed. He created everything from the ground, and he told us to reproduce. Okay? God created the ground to produce. Well, everything God created is supposed to do what it's supposed to do. Every tree, animal, man, uh, every seed is commanded by God to reproduce, and he's commanded the ground to produce. The glory, his glory, fills the earth. Okay? Anything we need is already in the ground. Okay? It needs a seed to be married to that ground, to be deposited in that ground. Just like, you know, I'm not going to get too graphic with this, but there needs to be a seed in the and the father gives a seed to the mother, and out comes the baby. Okay, the womb is the ground, but it needs a seed in there. Okay, the ground, in a sense, is the womb, but it needs a seed in there. But the ground, the womb, is supposed to produce when it has a seed in there. All we need is a seed to activate what is already in the ground. Okay? That happens on a natural level, and that also happens on a spiritual level. Okay? There is no need, no need you have when God has not already given you a seed and ground. Okay? The kingdom of God is the ground. And the word of God is the seed. The earth is filled with his glory. The earth, the ground, is filled with his glory. We all have the same seed, and we all have the same ground. Are you following me? Okay, just going a little deep than some of you have never heard it before. <coughs> we just need to plant the seed in the word in good ground. The ground will give fruit of itself. Every seed will bear fruit of itself. What do I mean by that? 
monkeys, will be got monkeys. Elephants will be got no elephants. Ladybugs will be got ladybugs. Chimpanzees will be got chimpanzees, and so on and so on. If you want a kumquat, you're gonna to need to sow a kumquat seed. Okay? Whatever you, every seed will produce after the kind. You cannot get a giraffe from a monkey. Okay? You can't get a donkey from a mouse. Okay? <coughs> I'm being silly, but I'm making a point. Okay? Male and female are the only two kinds of uh, people you're going to get from the womb of a woman. They're the only kind of seeds a man has. Okay? And so, there's not, they're not any other option. Okay? <coughs> every insect, every plant, every animal, every person will bear fruit according to itself. Okay? Genesis 2.7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed in his nostrils a breath of light, and a man became a living soul. The first man came out of the ground. Everything we produce after its own kind. Every one of us came from Adam, at one point or another, from a natural point of view. And Genesis 2, 7 says, again, And the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground, and breathed in his nostrils a breath of light, and a man became a living soul. God breathed spirit, pneuma. All scripture is God breathed pneuma. God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul, a living being. The spirit brought life to his brain. He was just a body. He was just dust. But when he, the breath of life, his soul, his mind came alive. The spirit brought life to his body. Because until the spirit was there, there was, the body was just a lump of clay. It was just dust. And without the spirit in there, the body would return to being dust. And when your spirit leaves your body, your body will return to being dust. That's how it works. There, it, your mind, your soul was not alive without the spirit. Your body is not alive without the spirit. From the genesis of all things, everything started with the spirit who breathed life into into our bodies, till our bodies can be alive, and our soul, our mind, our will, emotions can come alive. The way God created us in the genesis of all things is that our life would come from our spirit. All life came from the pneuma of God. Our life does not come from our brain. Our life does not come from our bodies. Our life comes from our spirit. And when God breathed spirit into man, he became a living soul, a living being. And when God breathed spirit into man, he became a spirit soul. And from his spirit would be the source of his life. And from his spirit would be the source of his joy, the source of his peace, 
the source of his strength, the source of his energy, the source of his emotions, the source of his intellect, the source of his will. Everything came from the spirit of man. He didn't have anything. He didn't have emotions. He didn't have joy. He didn't have energy. He didn't have strength. He didn't have opinions. He didn't have nothing without the spirit. And from his spirit would be the expression of the outward man of what is already going on in the inward man. Sin, but sin broke the spirit of man. Sin killed. And man died. Because his spirit became alienated from the life of God. How did, how did man be lived? The life of God. The breath of God. And when sin came into he was alienated from the life of God that gave him life to begin with. Spiritually speaking. Sin broke that. And sin, man, spirit, soul, and body was dead. He wasn't physically dead. He wasn't mentally dead. He was spiritually dead. The very source that caused him to be alive in to begin with. Jesus 2, 15 to 16 says, And the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Verse 17. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest of it, thou shalt surely die. In the day that you eat of it, you will die. Okay? Now, some people have a problem with this phrase. In the day that you eat it, you should surely die. Because Adam lived to be 930 years. Houston, we have a problem. How can it be in the day that she surely die? Because that day didn't come for 930 more years. I mean, even the U.S. is a little over 200 years old. I mean, there's uh, at least four American histories in that 930 years, if you think about that. 930 years is a long time, and none of us will see that long in this planet in this lifetime. Okay? So something's wrong with that. How can it be in the day that you eat it, you surely die when he did not surely die? Because, but something did die. God's not a liar. His word cannot lie. Okay? In the Hebrew, thou is, this phrase means in that thou in dying will die. That's what the phrase means. Death is separation. We can read about this in James 2.26. James 2.26 says, For the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. The body without the spirit is dead. Did you hear that? Okay? Something died when Adam sinned. Something got separated when Adam sinned. When Adam sinned, his spirit died. When Adam sinned, his spirit became separated from the life of God. God still visited man. You'll see that God still walked with our Adam in the garden this very same day. But something died on the inside of man. Man's spirit died. Man's spirit was broke. So the spirit that was supposed to be the very breath of God, the spirit that was supposed to be the very life of God, man's spirit became void of that life of God. So the spirit that was supposed to be the very breath of God and the very life of God 
and the spirit, so the spirit was supposed to feed this body and the soul. But that spirit that was supposed to feed the body and soul died. The body and soul are alienated from the life of God. The connector was the spirit, but the spirit died. And this is what Jesus came to reverse. So that we can be born again. Not a corruptible seed, Adam, but an incorruptible seed by the word of God. And Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. This is what Jesus came to make whole. He wants to make our soul whole. He wants to make our body whole. But he has to start with our spirit. And that is the sword that died. That is the house that contains and seeks for the life of God. Ephesians 2 says it this way. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, which you once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the, of the, of the air, the spirit of who now works in the sons of disobedience. He goes on to say in verse 3, among all, whom also we all, all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, and in the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Verse 4 and 5, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. I should have highlighted some of this. Even when we were, were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with him, with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Before we accepted Jesus, we were dead. We might have had a pulse. We might have a mind, will, and emotions, but something was broken. Okay? We, we were broken on the inside. We were dead on the inside. And this is what came, Jesus came to save us. This is why Jesus came to make us whole. Are you following me? This is what is wrong with man today, and man cannot fix it. That's, what, that's what's wrong with man today. A man can't fix himself. Most people believe we are only soul and body. Most people believe we are only soul and body. I think that's what I just said. Okay. Most people don't have a revelation of spirit, soul, and body. Most people believe if they fix their soul, they can fix their body, actions, etc. Okay? In other words, so, so most people constantly are working on philosophy. And most people are working with, with psychology. So most people are constantly working on healing the soul. Through demonic and fleshly means of psychology and, and whatnot. The problem with man is not the soul. They're trying to fix the soul, but the soul is not the problem. The soul is still there. Okay? The problem with man is his spirit. Now, I'm not saying that souls aren't, some of our minds, emotions, wills, and whatnot, they're just totally corrupt. I get that. Okay? And they need to be renewed. They need to be, re 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 they need to be renewed and re re renovated. I can't get that word out. The pro but the problem, the source of the problem with man is his spirit, is feeding the soul. The reason why people's emotions and, and will and, and soul is messed up because their spirit 
that's dead is feet. You got something dead feeding it. I don't know about you, but that, that just sounds gross. Okay, and this, <clears throat> the problem with a man is his spirit that is feeding the soul. God designed his spirit, soul, and body. And when you have the main ingredient cut off, something's going to be wrong with the soul and the body. The pro that's, that's where sickness came from. Because the body is cut off from the life of God. <coughs> okay? The problem with man is his spirit that is feeding the soul. Man can't fix his spirit. Man can't touch his spirit. Psychology can't fix man's spirit. Philosophy can't fix man's spirit. Just repenting won't fix man's spirit. Repenting, by definition, is a changing of the mind. That's your soul. Repentance is important. Changing your mind, renewing your mind is key, is important. We're going to get to that. But it won't fix your spirit. Okay? Just changing your actions won't fix man's spirit. That's the outward man trying to change the inward man. No! You don't change the inward man by the outward man. You change the out outward man by the inward man. It, it's, it's an oxymoron for you to try to think that you can change your inward man by your outward man. You can't change your spirit by your flesh. There are two different realms. It doesn't work that way. It's your spirit that changes your flesh. You have to get a new spirit. If it's dead, you need a new one. Okay? It needs to be revived. It needs to be born again. But of a totally different sin. I see. Totally, totally different nature. Without Christ, our spirit is dead. Without Christ, our spirit is separated from the life of God. Okay? And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked. My old nature was unrighteous and unholy. I said this, I think, last week, but the only thing that makes us different from the worst sinner is Jesus. I'm not better than anyone else. I just have Jesus and some people don't. If they have Jesus, they'll be just as good as I am. Okay? The only thing that makes me different than anyone else is Jesus. And if you are if you are a believer and I'm a believer, the Bible says we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's a we thing. You're just as good as I am as far as Jesus is concerned. The first Spirit God gave man, Adam, was a righteous and holy spirit. Before he fell, before sin ever existed, before death ever existed, and, and death began to reign, man was created with a righteous and holy spirit. And sin brought death. Not God. Death is absent of life. God didn't bring anything that had absent of life. He created man. He didn't have life in it yet. But he breathed his nostrils and became a living being. Okay? Ephesians 2 says, And you, he, again, he made alive who were, going back to Ephesians 2, we already talked about, he made alive who were dead in trespasses, in which you once walked, according to the course of this world. See, people are living like they're, people are living like they're living, not because of their thinking, their spirit is dead, and in sins, and in trespasses. I know that's a little wordy, but, People are thinking the way they're thinking because they need a new spirit. 
Okay, the spirit is dead. It'll send them to effect. <coughs> in which you once walked according to the course of this world. This world is corrupt. If you're not walking according to God, according to the Spirit of God that gave you life to begin with, that by which you are born again of, of the Word of God, which is Spirit and life, then, then you know if you're living according to the world, you're going to look like the world. You're going to live like something, if you're not born again and you're in the world, you're going to live like who you are because that's what seed you're born of. But if you're born again and you live according to the Spirit of God, you're not going to live like who you are. Monkeys, become monkeys. Giraffes, become giraffes. Okay? You're going to live according to who you are. I'm hoping I'm making sense with this. And he goes on to say, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit of who now works in the sons of disobedience. Without Christ, people are not in control of their lives. Temperance, self-control, is the fruit of the spirit, not the fruit of the flesh. Okay? Without Christ, people are manipulated by demonic powers. In other words, through a dead spirit, you are a puppet in the hands of the devil. That's why it goes on to say, among whom also you were all, and I start over, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. When the light was in our spirit, when the light was in our spirit, we were, let me say this again, I'm having a hard time this morning. When the light that was in our spirit went out, when the light went out, and darkness began to reign, because when darkness is just absolute light, our bodies started controlling us. Our flesh started controlling us. Our soul, our mind, our will, emotions, opinions, our lusts began to control us. When the, when the lights went out, which is our spirit, and we became dead in the physiology of our minds, and darkness began to reign in our, then we were, our body began to call all the shots. I... What I, me 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 me? It's kind of like I think the Finding Nemo one and, and then the the, the um, um, forget the bird bird uh, uh, seagulls. Forget you know. Have you ever seen the movie Finding Nemo? My 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 my. Well, that's how we are. And you ever seen a toddler? You ever seen a puppy? My 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 my. That's all they want. And we haven't really changed that much in years. Okay, we just have camouflaged that a little bit. Okay, but our body starts controlling the thoughts. Why? Because the spirit is dead. Okay? Galatians 5, 16 says, I say then walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lesson of flesh. Okay? Before we were walking in the spirit, our flesh controlled us. Okay? Ephesians 2, 3 says, Among also whom you were conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Are you seeing this? Before we were born again, <coughs> we conducted ourselves to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the soul, the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath, just as the others, just as everyone else was. He goes on to say, but I like this. Hold on. I also say, you know, we need to get our butt out of the way. But this is where I like the butt. 
but God. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love which he loves us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with, with Christ. Even when we were dead. See, I, this is New King James. Let's look at this in the King James. Even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together. I misspelled half. It's not hat. Okay. Even has quickened us together with Christ by grace he is saved. See, we were dead in sin. Jesus came to save us. Jesus came to make us whole. Let's go to John, John chapter 3 real quick. And Jesus answered, he's talking to Nicodemus, and he said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? We'll look at this more. We've looked at this before. We're going to look at this more intently later. But let's go, let's go to verse 5. And Jesus answered, Most assuredly say, I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. So let's look at this phrase, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. We can say the same thing about the flesh is flesh. Okay. Again, I've said this already many times this morning, and I, I'm being facetious, but I'm being facetious for a reason. Monkeys reproduce monkeys. Flesh produces flesh. Spirit produces spirit. Monkeys produce monkeys. Dogs produce, reproduce dogs. Ladybugs reproduce ladybugs. Apples reproduce apples. People, people reproduce people. Flesh reproduces flesh. And spirit reproduces flesh. Spirit has its own kind. I could go on we can be here all day till the cows come home because cows reproduce cows. Okay? But the spirit reproduces spirit. Okay? Your spirit has been born again of the spirit of God. This is important, folks. I know I'm being funny. I may as well be facetious to make a point. But the point I'm trying to get to is that your spirit has been born again of the spirit. You're not born again by the flesh. Flesh produces flesh. Spirit produces spirit. And your spirit, man, see, let's just say, let me say it this way. We're spirit, soul, and body. Your body, the body produces bodies. Your soul produces souls. Your spirit produces spirit. Okay? I know we're a three-part beam, but we also need to dissect that a little bit. Okay? It's our spirit, man, that's born again. The spirit didn't produce bodies, it produces spirit. That which is of the flesh, your soul and body produces flesh. But that which is born of the spirit. Let's go back to this verse real quick. That was born of the flesh is flesh. A natural man who's not born again is through Adam. Either you're born of Adam or you're born of Jesus. If you're still in Adam, haven't received Jesus, that's why we can people keep producing people. But they're not producing born again people. They're not producing 
save people, they were reproducing flesh. If we are born again, we're not flesh anymore. But Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16, we know no man after the flesh. I know that's hard for our religious minds to grasp sometimes, but if you are born again, God doesn't see you as flesh and blood, even though you still have a suit, you still, still have a body, and you still have a, a mind, a, a soul that's being saved. Your spirit is born again. You are born of the spirit, by the spirit of God. Okay? I'm going to go back to where we were just a moment. Okay? Your spirit has been born again of the spirit of God. And it looks just like the spirit of God. Monkeys produce monkeys. Okay? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control, or temperance. Okay? The Spirit. Now, some people are wondering is the Spirit, spirit capital S or Spirit lower S? Again, monkeys produce monkeys, giraffes produce giraffes, Spirit produces spirit. Okay? God's spirit, is it God's spirit or is it a human spirit? The spirit cannot produce anything but spirit. Don't get caught up in capital S and lower S. If you are born again, you are born of God. You are children of God. I'm at some point, I was a child. In many ways, I still act like a child. Okay? And if you take my DNA sample, you can tell that I came from my mom and my dad, and that there's a resemblance of me and my genes and my body and my face and my, my appearance that looks like my mom and my dad. We are born again of the Spirit of God. Our spirit is born again, and the Spirit can only produce spirit. Capital S, or high, capital S or lowercase s doesn't really matter because we are made in the image and likeness of God. Am I saying we're God? No. But we are made, mankind, male and female, in the image and likeness of God by the Spirit of God. Okay? The Spirit can't produce anything but Spirit. And we're going to look like our Heavenly Father, who said, let us, make, let us, plural, make man in our image. Spirit, soul, and body, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay? God, monkeys can only produce monkeys. I keep saying that, but I'm making a point. Okay? Hopefully you get that. So stop monkeying around. People can only produce people. The flesh can only reproduce flesh, but the spirit can only reproduce after its own kind. Spirit. I have been born again, not of corruptible seed, flesh, but of incorruptible. Through the word of God, pneuma, the breath of God, all breathed word of God, which gives able, which lives and abides forever. It's a living word. And we became a living being. Because we were born. Mankind was originally born by a incredible seed. He died. But we are born again. At this incredible seed of the word of God. Your spirit, man, looks just like Jesus. 
and your spirit man has the righteousness of God in him. Your spirit has been create, recreated after the very image of God, the very likeness of God, and the spirit man has been made whole. You have people feel, people feel inadequate, inadequate, cheated, that God is holding them back. And many, they come in many shapes and, uh, shapes and sizes, okay? But if you are born again, the very kingdom of God has come on the inside of you. If you're born again, the very king, the very fullness of God is on the inside of you in this kingdom. Your very spirit is united with Christ. Okay? It says, 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, But he who is joined in the Lord is one spirit with him. What does that look like? What does it look like to be one spirit with God? Well, it looks like love. God is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. It looks like joy. It looks like peace. It looks like long-suffering. It looks like kindness and goodness and gentleness or meekness. It looks like faithfulness or faith. It looks like temperance or self-control. But how come I don't feel it? How come I don't feel love? How come I don't feel peace? How come I don't feel patience? And how come I definitely do not feel temperance? And I don't feel kind today. Because it's not a feeling. It's not your soul. You have to renew your mind. You have to renew your mind to it. You have to renew your soul to it. It's in seed form. It's in there. If you're born again. It's in your spirit. The spirit man has already been changed. It's been born again. Not a credible seed, but an incredible seed by the word of God. The spirit man is already whole. My problem is not in my spirit if I'm born again. My problem is in my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. My spirit is born of the word, which is spirit and life. My spirit has Jesus. And I need my soul to be washed with the word. It needs to be washed. It needs to be cleansed. It needs to be renewed. It needs to be regenerated, renewed, re renovated. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 2 real quick. But a, 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 mist, a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. We talk, remember we talked about ground a minute ago? Before there was rain, before there was the flood, <coughs> we'll see later on in Genesis, God created the earth that a mist went up from the earth and watered the ground. That's how God created things. Before, before there was a flood, before we had rain and storms and, and all this. In other words, God watered everything from underneath. From within, not from without. There are rivers of living waters on the inside of you by the Holy Spirit 
If you are born again, just like God could, had a mist come out from the ground and water the earth, God will water you from, from within, not from without. God wants us to put his word in our mind as a seed, and the Spirit of God, like a river, will water that seed from our spirits, not our feelings and emotions in our soul. Through the Holy Spirit, His Word will take root, and out of the ground, fruit will come. Healing will come. Prosperity will come. Deliverance will come. Wholeness will come. Mark said, making the Word, many of us have made the Word of God of no effect through your tradition which you have handed down, and many such things you do. I can spend a lot more time with this. Through traditions, through religious traditions that have been handed down through the centuries, through the generations. Many of us have made the word of God, his seed, his word, that is spirit of life, of no effect. And we're wondering why God's not moving. God moved through Jesus. It's time for us to receive and water that seed by his word. And let him water that seed, not from without, through our feelings, emotions, and our flesh, but water from within by the Spirit of the living God that is like a river of living water. Spirit, soul, and body. We are a spirit. We have a soul. And we live in a body. Our spirit man is already whole. Our spirit man being saved is the first fruits. It's the down payment of our soul being made whole by the washing of water by the word, cleansing our minds from the thoughts and foolishness of the world. And then we'll, we will present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. Let's go back to 1 Thessalonians 5.23, our key verse, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved to be blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So how do we apply spirit, soul, and body? That's what we're going to next. I'm, just, I'm, I'm almost out of time here. I'm going to go over a few minutes just because I started late. But we're going to go here maybe next week. How do we apply spirit, soul, and body? We've learned some of the very basics. We haven't got all the de detail yet, but I think we covered some very deep stuff already. Okay, but understanding spirit, soul, and body is the beginning revelation of how we are to live our life. Understanding spirit, soul, and body is the beginning revelation of how the kingdom of God works. And what does it mean to be born again? What does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to be a new creation in Christ? What does it mean to renew my mind? What does it mean to be transformed? How do I relate to my body? It says in 1 Peter 2.24, Who himself bore our sin in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for our righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. We're going to spend more time with this, especially when we get to talk about healing, but understanding spirit, soul, and body helps us understand the importance of dealing with our souls and with our bodies. 
Because by his stripes we were made whole. Spirit, soul, and body. We must understand our bodies, flesh, gay, craves things that our spirit man does not. Your flesh craves things that your spirit man does not crave. Flesh produces flesh. Spirit produces spirit. We must understand our soul, our flesh, craves things that our spirit man does not. Okay. Isn't that the same thing? Okay. Our bodies and our souls both crave things that our, our spirit man does not. Flesh. We must understand how to deal with our bodies, our flesh, and how to deal with our, our souls, our flesh. We must understand how to reckon ourselves dead to certain things. Why? Because so that this new life of Christ on the inside of you can flow in and through you to a world that needs Jesus. We must understand we have the life of Jesus on the inside of us. God wants you whole. Spirit, soul, and body. And you have the very life of God in that spirit. In seed form. We are a triune being. We are created in the image of a triune God. We are created in the likeness of God, in the image of God. In the likeness of a triune God. And our new birth directly involves our spirit that has been changed. It has been renewed. It has been born again. But God wants my mind to be changed. God wants my will to be changed, and my emotions to be changed, my thoughts and opinions to be changed. And God also wants to change my body. I'm not talking about so much getting a new body, because that will come one day. We can't, get, we can't fast forward that part, but we can see healing flow through our body. We can see the life of God make our bodies whole. Okay? My God wants me whole, spirit, soul, Again, going to first Thessalonians real quick. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up pretty soon for the day. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy and pray, pray you got your, your whole spirit, soul, and body be presented blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said it this way in Romans chapter 8. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. God wants you whole, spirit, soul, and body. God wants you completely whole. Not just your born-again spirit. That's the beginning point. That's the most important part. Okay? But God wants you whole, spirit, soul, and body. That's what he said in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. And he goes on to say, verse 24, Faithful is he that calls you, who will also do it. And we're going to spend time with this. I'll come back to this next week. But in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, he says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it. He will finish it. And until the day of Jesus Christ. God has a good plan for your life. And it's not a plan of religion. It's not a plan of sin. It's not a plan of addiction. It's not a plan of worry. It's not a plan of stress. It's not a plan of sickness. It's not a plan of poverty. It's not a plan of depression. It's not misery. It's not a plan of grin and bear it until the end. God is not, he did not leave us out here on this planet to just hang on until he comes. Christ redeemed us by his own blood to reign. Christ saved us to establish his kingdom in the earth. 
Christ saved us to fight the fight of faith, not just hang on. God saved us to destroy the works of the devil. He saved us to heal the sick, to raise the dead. Christ saved us so that we can preach the salvation, the kingdom of God is here. Christ saved us to preach. Christ saved us to be the salt of the earth. Christ saved us to be the light of the world. Christ saved us to be the body of Christ. He saved us to be the church of the Most High and the Living God. Christ saved us to make a difference. He saved us to have an impact. All of us has to happen. Spirit, soul, and body. Not just our born-again spirit. God wants your whole spirit, soul, and body. Nonetheless, it all begins with your spirit being born again. And that's where we're going to pick it up when we, uh, next week when we uh, get to the... Um, we have more time to elaborate this. Um, we're talking about such a great salvation, and we're also talking about and uh, and this week too. Sorry, I'm just trying to get my notes to. We're talking about the benefits of salvation under the umbrella of holiness. Thank you for your patience. I have a lot to cover. I have a lot more to cover next week. We're still talking about spirits on body, and I got a few more weeks on this. Um, but this is deep. I think we need to understand spirit, soul, and body under an umbrella of wholeness, which is also under an umbrella of understanding that we have a great salvation. That God wants us to be whole, spirit, soul, and body. God bless you guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. God bless. Thank you.